0: for the A.W.A. World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship. Welcome to WOW Women of Wrestling. Welcome to the WOW Women of Wrestling review episode two. This is Mr. Green, and uh, you are listening to the Rights and Wrongs Pro Wrestling Podcast provided here by the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. And as such, be sure to go to uh, our website, WPNWrestle.com. It is the, the centerpiece for everything that is related to the Women's Pro Wrestling Network, that being our social media pages, videos. Podcasts, things of that nature. If you want to keep up, or if you want to see the blogs or anything like that under the sun, new profiles going up in the profile section. Be sure to go there, uh, WPN Wrestling. So, if you want to check that out, see what we got happening. Uh, also, make sure that you follow. He had mr. green 75 on Twitter you know I, I don't uh, I don't quite plug that enough mr. green 75 on Twitter WPN Russell on uh, Instagram and also Twitter Facebook uh, well you know what like I said everything's on the uh, the website you, should, you can go right over there WPN wrestling and you can pick all of that good stuff up and uh, make sure that you give us the support if you are listening to this on YouTube by the way be sure to uh, go and hit that subscribe button. The subscribe button supports us out a lot. If you are uh, somebody that is interested in keeping these things like us, I mean, not just us, but, you know, all, all the venues, where we have women's wrestling being kind of showcased. If you're interested in keeping these things alive, you got to show your support for it. And I know Monetary is uh, not always the most accessible thing for people but it doesn't cost you anything to hit the subscribe button and click the bell next to it we are on the push for 10,000 subscribers that's a big deal for us so if you haven't subscribed yet be sure to do that Uh, also leave a review all these things help push us up in the rankings, help people find us, help people know what the WPN is. You can listen to this podcast where greater podcasts are sent. Mostly the RSS feed. Uh, some of you are, are doing this through iTunes. You know, You can rate and leave a review on there can also go on to podbean.com i can't even begin to list all the places that we we kind of feed out to from that point on but if you have a location that i have not hit if if somehow or another the uh, podcast is not there and you and you want it to be uh please let me know and also there's new interviews coming up new interviews i wanted to touch on that real quick before i carry off into the review uh The Golden Girl, Cassandra Golden, should be coming up next. Also, speaking of WOW, we've got Amber O'Neill. She's on deck to be talked to and discuss her career. So all of those things should be interesting. And uh, you don't want to miss that. Make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. Now, let's get into the meat of the show. You know, before you can even talk about WOW, I think it's... Something that you have to mention that, and I know it's going to roll back around. I promise. Impact Wrestling is going to access TV. That is uh, one of the big news stories going on in the wrestling world right now. As I record this, I think it just happened a day ago. And uh, I mean, how how big a deal is that? You've already had a lot of crossover pollination between Impact Wrestling's women's Well, I guess we don't, they don't really call it women's division, the knockouts division. You've already had a lot of cross-pollination with that, with Carol Hogan and Havoc and Tessa Blanchard, and others that have kind of popped in from one promotion to the next. Now they will be on the same network doing that. Potentially speaking, you can look at Tessa Blanchard in one hour on WOW and possibly and I say possibly because there has been no lineup released see her the very next hour on Impact Wrestling or something along those lines um, what we do know at this point is that after October battle for Glory show, they always pop up in October, after that show it will move to Access TV and be part of their wrestling lineup I mean I'm not saying officially they're going to be on the same night Know, follow a succession, but they they already got WoW, they already got New Japan, and now Impact is going to be there also, and I can only imagine that it's probably going to be the priority show, because from what I get, the, the parent company from Impact Wrestling Anthem bought a majority stake in Access TV, so them being secondary the thing is, uh, you know, probably not going to happen if I were a betting man, I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, so... It, it, it'll be an interesting thing to watch unfold. Are you excited about it? That's probably another thing. We'll leave that in the comments below. I know Impact has been kind of under the radar for a long time. A lot of people have really, unfortunately, given up on it because they've had some really great shows in the last couple of months, and the women's division is pretty strong, as evident, as you can see by the people that, as I just said, appear on both products. So I mean that should tell you something right there. But in any case, let's let's get to the Wow review. And I am uh, just finished the show, and now uh, here are my thoughts. Um, wow, episode two. First off, the show itself begins to recap the main event scene from the previous week, that being Havoc, Jungle Girl, and the Beast, letting the the viewing audience know. And, you know, these are our top contenders. They also let you know why no one won the uh, the top contendership within that that contest, which I, you know, if you listen to the last review, I'll, I'll recap my statement about that too, which I disagree with. If you announce a triple threat elimination match, and I don't see any way why that should go to a no contest, but that's just... It, it didn't seem to make sense to me. I, I, I would have preferred something else if it was just gonna have a wonky ending like that. But uh, after that recap, we go into a, a vignette with Sofia Lopez and Tessa Blanchard. This is this is an acting piece. It's very shot, you know, it's shot very cinematically. And what we have here is Tessa Blanchard kind of sitting down in what appears to be like a lounge area, and. Uh, Sofia Lopez, you know, they, they got some close-up shots of her feet and, you know, she's kind of sneaking into the, the to the building and, or into the location that Blanchard is, gives her an unknown briefcase to make an exchange where they speak in Spanish. So, I haven't brushed up on my Spanish. I cannot tell you what exactly they said here. Assumably, because I, I thought I heard the Spanish word for money, presumably, Sophia Lopez hands Tessa Blanchard money. But but that is kind of the theme as it goes out to the main event. Is that it's an unknown item or items in the briefcase. But uh, once she hands it over to her, you know, she she being Sophia Lopez, she leaves. Very well done segment. You know, one thing that we can say about WoW is that they have shot cinematically and they continue to shoot. Cinematically. So there, there's not any real loss there. Second segment, we have Lana Star, former Wild Champion Lana Star. The one that they, at one, <laughs> the one that they said once upon a time held the, the title for like 10 years. I mean, it's something absurd like that. But uh, fortunately, they don't go through that anymore. They just address her as former Wild Champion Lana Star, and, and that's good enough for me. So she comes out and Lana addresses the crowd. Now, Lana, if if you like me and you've seen The Wild from years gone by, you know that she is basically, uh, she's like a top heel. She's like a top heel in the company. She has been heel from the start. She is still heel now. And there seems to be no sign of changing. She stopped wrestling um, as Wild wow, reported it because of injury and basically assumed the role as like, you know, I'm a manager and I'm fine, my protege. So in this particular case, her protege was Amber O'Neill, the Beverly Hills babe. And I think that pretty much is like her third protege in Wild lore. If we go all the way back to 2000, the first one that she kind of corrupted was Patty Pep, part of the I don't think it was the spirit squad. And I mean, that's WWE. I'm probably getting my names mixed up here, but there was a cheerleading team tag team that she was part of. And and Lana lured her away from that. And Patty pep became Patty pizzazz. That was the first one. And then you had Holly meow who uh, only really existed in wild during the, um, the era where they were trying to sell the pilot. I don't think that meow came back after that. And then Amber O'Neill. Uh, was lured into the, the Hollywood lifestyle, and she too became the the uh, uh, protege of Lana Starr. But as it stands here, there was two big things that were kind of discussed, or not discussed, but Lana begins to talk about. The first thing, being is in a roundabout way, she starts talking about her return to the ring and that she's entering a tag team tournament that was going on now. How she's entering a tournament that's already in play, I'm not really sure, but that is what she's saying. She's entering the tag team tournament, and she has a new, uh, she does out and say she has a new partner because she talks up this this uh, partnership for a little bit of time. And, and okay, if you're a viewer, you know where this is going, but the idea here is that I'm talking it up and it's supposed to uh, sound as if I am talking up my protege who's in the ring with me, the Beverly Hills Babe. When in reality she's talking up her new partner, Faith Linus Assumably Faith has turned heel. I don't know because they they you know, faith never really said anything. But if we're gonna go by association, we'll say that she's turned heel by association. Cause I can't imagine that Faith will be associated with Lana Star and still remain babyface. Amber, well correction, let me let me I'm gonna try to keep this in wild terms. The Beverly Hills Babe takes exception to being overlooked and, you know, pretty much says, you're not going to do this to me and so on and so forth. And that sets up a match. Lana Star lays down a stipulation and says, hey, look, you know, why don't you, you can have a match right now? And if you win, you can still be my partner. If not, you're cut. And she gives a, a pretty good line in here that kind of you know, illustrates who Lana Star is, you know? It, even though I will say wow a while I gotta give them credit that they're not nearly as pun or punny as they once were. They still kind of work in the uh, gimmick words and 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 characteristics every once in a while, and it fits here. It fits here for Lana Star. She essentially says, "Hey, you know the thing is, I'm from Hollywood, and and dreams get broken here every day. You know which." Uh, <laughs> Which is true, you know you can't argue that point, regardless of whether you, you know you like her or not lana star is is absolutely, absolutely right there Dreams in Hollywood get broke every day, and that is basically her way of saying that you know it stuff happens, and you know you you could you could survive you could you could win you know everybody loves the underdog story if, if you win then you know we'll we'll continue to be partners if not you you're gone, so now we have the match. And it's the Beverly Hills Babe versus Faith. Uh, the Babe looks great. She always has. And, and, and uh, in every match that I've seen her from independent to now, or, you know, uh, let me say when I first started covering her, and that was around 2014, I believe. And I've had the opportunity to call a couple of, a few of her matches. And she's always performed. She's always been in, you know, in, great form she and she did not look any less than good here uh if i were guessing i would say that she probably led 99 percent of that match and she looks like you know she she was in control for most of this of course now we get to the finish where um <clears throat> she she's Taking Faith lightly. Now bear in mind that Lana is also on commentary. The babe is is mocking Faith. She's doing her dance routine. She turns to Lana. She's she's uh, jaw jacking with her. Now all of this is taking place after the babe hits her with, I guess what most of us refer to as an X Factor, that face that sit out face plant. So she is with that, and she starts jaw with Lana Star, and you know telling. Basically, you know, giving her a hard time for everything that she's doing, you know, turning her back on her, so on. Uh, she takes a, the lazy pin across Faith, and, and you know where this is going. Soon as she lays across her Faith, reverses it, and gets the pin, wins the match. The babe dominated the match, but ultimately she lost, and and it is essentially everything that Lana has said about her since she got her. Like you know. you've you you don't you don't win you don't cut it you did you just never you just never come through and it, and that's what it seemingly comes off as so now we've got a new protege and a and a new partnership between Faith Delinus and Lana Starr whether she actually gets in the ring and and wrestles again despite what she said remains to be seen at least for me. The next segment, we got Abilene Maverick, and I want to make note here. I actually wrote this down, is that uh, for those that weren't aware of Maverick, who was formerly Barbie Hayden, has retired from independent wrestling. Now, that's not to say that she is retired from wrestling altogether, but she's retired from taking independent wrestling dates. She said she was no longer going to take any of that. So basically, what we have here is that if she's not wrestling for a while or if she doesn't get a contract to... Say I don't know impact or a e w or w w e or something like that. It's very likely that you will not see Barbie Hayden ever again, so as far as I'm concerned right now, there is no Barbie Hayden. there's only Abilene Maverick but um in this segment we got a we got a backstage scene, another vignette Abilene is kind of coming out of her what will soon to be her dressing room, and she runs into Steffi Slays backstage. And she calls her out. Her being Steffi calls out Abilene for a rematch, where she uh, <clears throat> apparently they they crossed paths last season, and Abilene tells, her, "Hey, look, you know what you did was a fluke, and that you need to beat somebody important in order to face it." Ste- Steffi has been kind of positioned as the underdog of, of wow. and not really uh, getting by necessarily. She she has won, but she's I think as it stands right now, she's lost more matches than she has actually won but she still feels and looks confident that she could take on abilene maverick but abilene refuses to do it and pretty much pie faces her walks on out so what we get here is that we are building for a match i'm perfectly fine with this because they they started it up and then when you go into the next segment the commentators good job here they start talking about everything that you may have missed. Cause that, that was the first thing I was thinking. I was like, well, I didn't see that match. What happened? So now you got Dave McClain, you got Stephen Dickey again. I'm so happy that they got a two-person booth instead of a three-person booth. I don't mind the occasional guest that comes in there, but just three people overall all the time is just too much. Uh so they're they're talking about, it. they're laying down the groundwork so that you understand. Abilene pretty much faked the leg injury or assumably faked the leg injury to get out of a match and so on and so forth so they have laid you know planted the seeds and we now know that this is a match being built towards and I am fine with the build or at least I am right now you know unless something goes drastically wrong here but it's but it looks good the setup looks good I'm, I'm interested in seeing where they're going with it so. Uh, you know that that's a storyline to kind of keep your eyes open for. <clears throat> this leads to Abilene's opponent, who some of us knew as Diamante. In the wild verse, she is a and this is her debut match. Uh, clearly, the crowd favorite here. There, there, there's no question in that that the is is positioned as a crowd favorite. Of course she is walking in there with probably one of the more established heels in the wild so that's not very difficult. Um, I'm not surprised at this match at all. I think I said it in the, in the last review. When you've got two workers that coming in and they know what they're doing, that there really should be no surprise at how good the match is. The, the match was was perfectly fine. I mean, you got a former NWA Women's World Champion in Barbie Hayden. And uh, you've got Diamante who is part of LAX and, and former uh, Knockout and Impact. I'm not sure. I don't think she's still in Impact or at least associated with them. Uh One thing I will say, I've, <clears throat> I've never really understood which or why certain people can keep the names in, in WoW and some couldn't. I mean, I guess that's just a matter of choice or you know, a matter of what WoW wants. But Especially now, and I know they didn't have a crystal ball. I know they couldn't tell where the future was going and anything like that, but considering the fact that Impact Wrestling is actually coming into Access T V also, I would think that, you know, it would probably be more you know, fortuitous to have a Russell as her working name, the name that she got from Impact, Diamante. You know, how they can have their I mean they can still do it. But they could have some sort of crossover at some point. And, and in fact, it wouldn't surprise me if, if they actually begin to have some sort of crossover going forward in the future, you know, considering this uh, newfound partnership. But as it stands, uh, drilling I was about to say Diamante, uh, Adrillon got to showcase herself in the ring. She got to you know, perform uh, like her Karana on Barbie Hayden, which I was really surprised that she hit, because I thought Barbie was pretty short. Didn't think she had the base for it. But she did, and uh, I believe she hit what I believe they called an Aztec destroyer. Uh, now, some of us, when I do the call, it's called a sunset, pi- a sunset bomb. But uh, a drilling hits that on, on uh, Abilene Maverick scores the one, two, three, and the debut of the drilling is a victorious one, and we move on. Uh, we go to yet another vignette. That vignette was Siren. Some of us know as uh, Nina Monet. Introducing herself and her partner Holiday uh, as the new entrance in the tournament. Now she's doing this and she's doing this in character of being a, a voodoo priestess. She's laying out the cards and showing the tag team titles and all that good stuff like that. So uh, all of this is done within the confines of who she is and the persona that that Siren has laid out. Um, It is uh, very well done, very well done. Uh, And I would say that's probably going to be a running theme here as it relates to their vignettes and the backstage stuff. They shoot it incredibly cinematically. You know, it's it's almost like... it, it. for those of you out there that watched Lucha Underground, and that's going to come up actually a little bit later on, but uh, for those of you that used to watch Lucha Underground, you know you remember that, that how they shot it. They they shot like, like they were trying to make a little movie, and there are scenes here that come off that way. Like we're not trying to shoot this for sport. We're not trying to shoot this to, hey, this is backstage. That they are shooting to have, you know, the movies. You know, they're changing the focal lens and all that stuff like that to make it, you know, look more glamorous and clean and, you know, change the uh, the aspect ratio of the screen and all that stuff like that. It's just a cinematic feel. It doesn't look like video. Well, it's video, but it doesn't look as polished video like you get on, say, WWE when they go to do their backstage thing all the time. So it stands out in that regard. And I think it's good for you to stand out. It's good for them to be able... And for them to do what they're doing so that they do not kind of bleed over into what everybody else is doing uh, on time. But but here we go. We got Siren and Holiday who have introduced themselves into the tournament. I was a little bit surprised I will say that uh, with them having access to both persons that Holiday did not go with her original partner on the independent scenes as part of the Twisted Sisters. Now I understand that her partners not operate underneath the same name, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't have had um, some level of tag team. I mean, but you know, I guess that's neither here nor there because they, they they don't on camera have necessarily the same type of relatability to each other as they did or as they do on the Independence because the, the personas are a little different. But it's just a little surprise to me. I mean, considering the history that they have, and I I believe they were uh, sabotaged tag team champions for a a lengthy period of time. Now, I know WoW isn't concerned about them having, you know, tag team championships of any sort outside of WoW. But it's just just a a note that I was thinking about. Uh, Next thing that they produce is a video package, or the next thing they show, I should say, is a video package. Relating the Bully Busters to the audience, which I thought was excellent. I thought it was a very good package. Uh, if you did not know who the Bully Busters were walking into this, you certainly got the chance to know them now. The uh, Busters were uh, reintroduced to the audience, despite the fact, I mean, and, and they gave total history. They gave, you know, kind of a short but complete history of who the Bully Busters are, how they came together. Um, their aspirations singularly and how they came to uh, you know even have a match against each other Although, be it, it wasn't a match of animosity but they had a match against each other and so they they i uh, thought they did a really good job of this i mean and that that came off a lot less cinematic it came off like a classic pro wrestling package and i loved it for that Uh, When the uh, package ends, we see the Bully Busters reunited, and and that was part of the sale of this package. The Bully Busters reunited, Keita Rush, Steffi Slays, um, and they are leaving to go to the ring. But before Steffi goes or continues with Keita, she sees Abilene sitting down in the locker room and decides to come up to the door and basically say, hey, Abilene, what does it feel like to be a loser? And Abilene takes a water bottle, tosses out, and Steffi kind of chuckles and walks off. So we got a little bit more build here. We we are we are still planting the seeds of what should be an Abilene Maverick versus Steffi Slay's match at some point. If they don't go to that, I, it will be ex- incredibly disappointing. But here we go. Uh, the next segment... Siren and the Holiday, Siren the Voodoo Doll, and Holiday versus the Bully Busters. So what we have here are two Wow originals versus two indie stars. And in some regard, it shows. I'll, I'll get to this, and I and I definitely want to hear your your comments and and your uh, opinions about this. If uh, if you have any sort of thoughts about the match after you watch it. But in any case, uh, the Busters get attacked at the bell, which normally that would come off as a very heelish thing to do, but I, but let's take this in context. The bell rings, and both of the Bully Busters are not paying attention to what's going on. They're just waving at the audience, you know, not looking at neither Siren or Holiday Inn. So, it came off to me like even though they're the heels, Siren and Holiday were perfectly within their rights. The bell rang. And it's not my fault that you turned your back on me and decided to go waving to the fans. It didn't come off to me as it should have. I I think just the simple act of having them attack before the bell would have made it a little more palatable. But as it was, it just looked like babyface stupidity. Like, hey, let's you know, let's wave to people. You know, even even though we're here to do some business right now, let, let's you know, not pay attention to what's going on. The editing in this seemed really weird. Like, it, it, it almost it was a little jumpy, especially during this, this double team exchange that they did just after the attack at the bell. Listen, for for whatever reason. This match video is crazy choppy. I, right? You know, WoW has their own editing style. They like to cut to different angles and different camera shots throughout the course of the match. They just boom, 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 boom. You know, like every five or six seconds or whatnot. And, you know, whereas that's not a huge disturbance, nor is it a big deal, and it's not necessarily like what you get in uh, a WWE or AEW events or impact or any other that event for that matter. It was far too much of it. It was just, it was, it was too much. It was too much to the point where it was, it was distracting and I almost didn't want to watch it because it was, it was just cut, 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 cut. You know, it, just, it was just too many, too much of that. Too many cuts too much of it and um, my I, I don't have access to what the raw footage was but my theory has always been when they cut that fast they cut that hard they cut that often they are covering up stuff like well you know the, the other matches yes they cut but the but the cuts are longer the trans you know the uh, the amount of time that they stay on the shot is a little longer here they were just like whoever was hitting that button they were just boom 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 You know, it it was just so much of it and it just it it took away from the match for me quite honestly and I I hope that whatever the editors are doing right there that they do not continue on with that Uh, I can only like I said I can only imagine that the cuts are there to cover up Potential lag points, not necessarily mistakes, not necessarily errors or, or, mess ups and things like that. I'm I'm not gonna assume that, but lagging maybe you know for whatever reason. I think they they're trying to keep the pace of the match up or they're trying to take off uh, potential mess ups. Again, I wasn't there, but if there's anything that gives me pause to that is the fact that, like I said, it's. Two wild originals versus two indie stars. When the indie stars were in charge or they were leading or dominating the match, so to speak, you got less of that. When you got the Bully Busters in control, it was just all chops. And, you know, to me, that's very telling. Uh, <clears throat> and this is not a knock on, on the Bully Busters, Keita Rush or Stevie Slays, or for that matter, any wild original that happens to be inside of that ring or on the show. It is simply a statement of this. Oftentimes, when we look at pro wrestling, we see, I'll, I'll use somebody like AJ Styles, okay? We see somebody who has kind of grown and woven their way through a, uh, a growth process to get to finally their. I was hesitant to say final destination because that sounds like death, especially after the movies. But to get to their goal, to get to their goal uh, location, okay? And so by the time they get there, and this has been the hallmark of almost every great wrestler that I've seen from back in the day to right up to now. By the time they get to New York or the WWE, they are a pretty polished act, or for that matter, by the time they get to you know any national platform, they are a pretty polished act. They have done it. They have wrestled. They have been around the world. They have wrestled a number of different places, from twenty people in the crowd to five thousand in the crowd. They they've done it and they've gotten used to it, and they and they can deliver the goods when need to be. Again, not a knock on them, but I don't see that out of Stevie Slays or Kedar Rush. Although athletic, and I know that they're athletic. I know Keita Rush uh, trains MMA, even though that's a little different than pro wrestling. I don't know if if she is as good as she or Stephen Says needs to be on a national stage. They, in my opinion, come off as... Uh, Needing a little bit more underneath them before they uh, continue on <clears throat> at, at at that level. I mean, I know they're not going to leave, and they and they shouldn't. They already got the job. I'm not I'm not saying that. But uh, as as I was just using it with the uh, the WWE and AJ Styles example, you know, by the time you get to WOW, which you know, let's let's call WOW for what it is. WOW is a nationally broadcast product. By the time you get to that, you shouldn't be a uh un- unpolished diamond. You should be you should be polished and ready to go. But that's not the case, and that's not going to be the case for several wild girls. A lot of them are gonna get six months of training and then they're gonna get put on TV, whether they're ready for that position or not. I mean, I'm sure there are gonna be some people that dispute it, like, oh, they're ready. They, they you know, they might as well learn. But some of them are going to get put out there whether they're ready for it or not. They can be ready inside of the training facility, but that does not necessarily mean that you're ready to be in front of the world. And, I, you know, that's my two cents on that. Uh, and, and you know, taking account the other thing, despite the fact that they wrestle a while, I think that is all that they wrestle with. Like, I don't think Steffi Slays or Keita Rush either have any aspirations to wrestle for anywhere beyond a wild ring? Whereas Holly Dead, uh, Siren, and others, they continue to wrestle all the time. In fact, I mean, I know for a fact that uh, uh, Siren, uh, aka Nina Monet, I've seen her wrestle since 2013, and she might, she's probably wrestling a little bit longer than that. But she, that's been almost an every week process every week so she's polished holiday is polished uh drilling barbie hayden Amber o'neill and, and there's a bunch of them there they're polished they're ready so when i see them in the ring and i see them going against the other polished girls i expect a good match here and i was slightly disappointed uh i'm not even sure if i went to one here but the the winners of that match were uh, Siren and Holiday. They, they, um, they did score the win via Holiday coming in and catching Steffi with a face buster, a sit out face buster from the pedigree position. And uh, I don't know if it's going anywhere, but McLean claimed on commentary that uh, Holiday, you know, we're going to have to look through this because Holiday was illegal. And uh, she might not have been, quite honestly. about to, Again, me looking at this match while it was somewhat choppy was a little distracting for me, so I really did not pay attention to that. I mean, I know that Siren came in. I know that she put down Keita Rush with an exploded suplex. That followed with Steffi Slays knocking uh, Siren out of the ring, and then Holiday comes in with the finisher and puts Steffi down. That ends the match and I guess when I'm laying it out that way I guess it could have been that she was not the legal person but you know it, it is what it is unless it's going into some sort of storyline but the, the irony here is that you had Steffi not but a segment earlier talk about what does it feel like to be a loser and then she goes right out there and loses so so, I mean, so it wasn't quite the homecoming that the Bully Busters I thought would be would like, but I also don't think that they're necessarily looking to reunite the team long-term anyway. I think they both, and I'm talking about legitimately, I'm, I'm talk, not, not talking storyline. I think they both want to have, uh, you know, singular careers and single aspirations. Uh, the next bit, I, I enjoyed this. This is Jesse Jones confronting Amber O'Neill. I say Amber Neil because I think the, the Bullet babe the guys is about to be shed. Uh, she's sitting in a locker room and, and Jesse is like, "Hey, what's wrong with you? You know, what's what's the problem here?" <clears throat> and uh, Amber, the Beverly Hills Babe, is you know talking about basically how she got dropped. And did you see what happened out there? And this, that, and the other. And Jesse is saying, "Hey, look, I I know, you know, but." What happened to the Amber that I used to? That that speech we've all heard it, and she's really good at delivering it because and it and it sounds convincing to me largely because I've seen both of them kind of run the same circle, so it makes sense to me. It it, it comes off like this would happen, like Jesse Jones or Jesse Bell Smothers, how whoever you choose to call her, it comes off to me like she would walk up to Amber and they're like, "What are you talking about? What happened to?" The bullet, babe, and I was surprised that they used that. I was surprised that they actually said, or that Jesse said, the bullet, babe. I know wouldn't care what anybody thought. I mean, so she's referencing stuff that doesn't exist within the Wild Universe. She's referencing things that you basically can only really see if you're scanning through the internet, because there's not a lot of uh, the bullet, babe, necessarily. On TV, I mean, I, I believe she appeared on Ring of Honor as, as the NBA Women's Champion at, in the Bullet Babe guys. But outside of that, I'm not really sure that there's a bunch of of uh, footage that you can reference the Bullet Babe opposed to the Beverly Hills Babe. Uh, I will say, I, I will raise my hand and go on record right now that you can watch uh, the Bullet Babe Russell on a couple of different matches here on the Women's Processing Network. So, you know, that's a small pat on the back for me. Uh, if you uh, are so interested, be sure to uh, go and, I, I think I'll leave some links in the description below it, or maybe an annotation or, the, well, we don't really do annotations, but a links in, in, in the video. So if you want to see her perform as the Beverly, Hill, uh, the Beverly Hills Babe, as the Bullet Babe from, from back in the day, uh, maybe we'll have that available for you to, to watch. So that's that's another. But I, I, again, I thought this this interaction was pretty cool. Uh, and again, largely because it seemed legit. It seemed legit. It seemed it seemed like this is something that she would say. You shouldn't. You know, back in the day, you wouldn't care what happened. You know, you 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 know, with a bullet, babe, and this, that, and the other. But I like that uh, it's not an easy turn. For Amber to get back to where she was She's like, no, I, I like where I was and this, that, you know I, I wanted to be out here and and you end with just like, come on Matter of fact, we, we leave it right now, let's go And the first thing we're going to do is like I, I think she's going to get you out that outfit it's Like, well I like my outfit And just said, well it looks stupid So, I, mean, I, I thought that it was, a, it was a very short segment But it was an interesting segment I, I, I enjoyed it And it only solidifies to me how good Jesse's Jones and the Bullet Babe are both inside and outside the ring. She's good on the mic. She's good as a performer in the ring. She's she's becoming good acting because that's basically even though she's not, you know, I mean, she ain't playing a, a role vastly different than who she is, but Jessie is is really she's, she's coming into being a just all around solid performer and the fact that she hadn't been on somebody else's TV other than Wild all due respect to Wild is, is just a crime uh-huh. um, once we get past that it is a recap of the main event from last week and then we reset the scene with uh, them talking about or uh, showing Tessa the, the exchange of Tessa Blanchard and Sophia. So now we are going into the main event. The main event is unveiled to be because I guess one thing that we forgot, or at least I, I'm not going to say we, one thing I forgot to mention is that in the previous week, because the triple threat that I didn't agree with ended the way that it did, Tessa comes out and says, well, if you can't do it, I'll find my own opponent. So now we're referencing the scene at the beginning of this episode where Sophia delivers a briefcase with unknown contents. And now we come to the main event, and it is Serpentine, who they openly acknowledge as, hey, you know, that used to be Cobra Moon from Lucha Underground. I love that WoW has finally gotten out of this sphere of we're the only wrestling in the world, and we don't acknowledge anybody else. They acknowledge it, they know it exists, the world knows it exists, so great. We, we, we know, and, and it gives instant credibility, in my view, to Serpentine, is that, hey, that was Cobra Moon. So now people who might have been on the fence about it that may have watched Lucha Underground like, oh, okay, now we know that it's somebody of high quality. So <clears throat> assumably, and I say assumably, Sophia Lopez bought a number one contendership. Now they never unveiled a, the contents of that briefcase, so we don't know that for a fact. I'm fine with them not unveiling it. I'm fine with them not doing it. In fact, if Tessa is asked somewhere down the line, and she just said that's none of your business, or we, you know, my transaction, or what is in the briefcase, you know, I, I'd be perfectly okay with that. it. It wouldn't bother me a bit. I know some people are like, well, I need to know. No, I don't. I, you know, you don't need to know because it fits the character. It, it fits the persona. It fits what's going on works for me. So we got uh, Serpentine the former Cobra Moon uh, or as some people know Thunder Rosa, which is back to what I was saying earlier. I'm really surprised that they did not reunite the uh, Twisted sisters having access to her. Uh, Tessa Blanchard comes in and now we have our number one contenders match. Now this match despite the jump of, of uh transitions the cuts it is nowhere near what happened earlier where i was complaining about what i'm saying it's just too many cuts boom 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 this yeah i mean this is just a wild style of cut and it even though it sometimes uh you know i was like all right well you're reversing a shot on me or you're taking me from an aerial shot looking down and i don't particularly care for that uh even though they do that the 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 match in and of itself still stands up and it works through. And I don't know how many different ways you can say it. I don't. I can't walk into this match not seeing that it's going to be a good one. You got Tessa Blanchard and you got Thunder Rosa. These are two high-end uh, representatives of pro wrestling out there. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it outside of the wild sphere for a minute they, 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 and credit to wow they acknowledge that both of them have a you know a working and running history not against each other but i'm saying you know history as wrestlers outside of wow and it shows that they they gave a good match if you if you're only going to watch one match in the course of this hour look at this one it's the main event they gave them time they gave him, uh, I, I want to say, roughly about 20 minutes or so, and, and they delivered the goods, man. They, you know, they, they, they gave all they got. The only, the only real question here was, you know, Sophia Lopez had long been positioned as a, as a heel manager. <clears throat> the commentary also would lead you to believe that she's a heel manager, which then, by association, would make you think that um, Serpentine would be a heel manager. Figure, but in this particular instance, she is not. She's cheered, you know, largely throughout the course of this. And although, I mean, look, it's, it's uh, uh, considering the, the makeup of the audience, I, I, I don't think that it was going to go against her to begin with. And, you know, uh, it's a largely Hispanic crowd, and, uh, <clears throat> and Tessa Blanchard added the cherry on top of that is playing up the heel thing far more than Thund- Thunder Rosa, far more than than Serpentine was. Uh, and, but I, I think there, there was a sense of, of the hometown girl, so to speak, even though she's from Texas. I think uh, it, it felt like that. And, and Sophia's from, from L.A., I, I do believe, when I spoke to her. Yes, we have an interview with Sophia Lopez also. But I, but I do believe that uh, Sophia's from there, so you got local representation. You got a uh, ethnic representation, you know, which is great. Uh, you you got a, a heel who is embracing being a heel. So all the stars aligned uh, it, it worked perfectly. Uh, again, I, I don't think that going into this match, I would have had any clue who's the. Who's the heel or who's the babyface here? Yeah, I mean, it it just kind of they went in heel versus heel, assumably, and it kind of morphed into Serpentine being the one that they that we've chosen. The fans, the audience members chose Serpentine to root for, it, with the exception of you know a few people out there. You can see you can see some people rooting for Tessa, and, and that's to be expected. It's wrestling, you know that 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 goes without saying. But they they performed some really great stuff here uh Serpentine does a, you know, superplex from the outside in off of the I think the bottom rope. You got Tessa who performed a, a suicide dive to the outside. <clears throat> uh j- just just a, a slew of uh moves back and forth. A lot of uh, uh, near falls, uh super kicks and, and uh running knee shots. I mean it, it is no surprise. Why these two got the main event? They they were the main event. Like I said, if you if you don't watch, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the episode, go back and try to see that one. If you don't watch anything else, now the rest of it's fine. But if you got to see one one match out of this out of this episode, look for the main event. Uh, but ultimately, and I love the. the facial expressions that Tessa gives. She she also relayed to me, the viewing audience, that this woman is driving me up the wall that I can't beat her. At least for a time of the match. She she did relate visibly that I am frustrated that I can't put this woman down. Ultimately, though, she does and she, she beats her with her diamond DDT, her signature move, pops her, one, two, three, Match over with. <clears throat> so even though she handpicked her own opponent, who came, uh, came and and she was ready to go. I mean, she had a hard fought match and she retained. So what, the one takeaway that I got from this is that Tessa did not play the coward champion. Uh, when I first heard last week that, hey, I'll find my own opponent, and she's a heel. It's the first thing I'm thinking. I was like, "Okay, what is she gonna do? Is she gonna find somebody that's no good, and and just wrestle a nobody and beat her, and then going about her way." But no, she she is actually not playing the coward champion, even though it seemed like she was bought into the position. Uh, but still, she she's being a a defending athletic competitive champion, although be arrogant. And uh, you know, kind of up in the air or, or prideful about herself. However, you choose to de- describe it, egotistical. You know, I'm sure you can come up with any number of words that could de- de- be descriptive towards this. But um, <clears throat> she, uh, she still came through despite all of that. So, I mean, Tessa strikes me somewhat as a tweener here and there. Uh, serpentine, I'm not really sure. You know, that's been one of the other criticisms I've had with Wild wow on occasion is that sometimes, and I say sometimes, I'm not terribly sure if this person is a heel or a baby face or, you know, or whatever the case may be because they, they don't hit me in the face with it. And I'm not saying that you need to be hit in the face with it. I'm not saying that it has to be spelled out necessarily. But sometimes, I, you know, you'd you like to know. It's like, the, I, don't, I don't want somebody that's in between all the time. Yeah, that was, a, that was a, a real, you know, kind of fashionable thing to do in the 90s. You know, it was like a lot of shades of gray. But, I, you know, I don't really want a lot of shades of gray. I, I, I want somebody that I know that I can boot and I somebody that I can know that I'm, I can cheer. I want, I want, the, I want to know who the, the good guy is. I want to know who the bad guy is. I, I don't want that in between all the time. So, Tessa Blanchard stands tall, wins the match, gets the belt, holds it up, and we end with the three top contenders reappearing on the show in, in various entrance ways. So you got Jungle Girl, you got the Beast, and you got Havoc, along with her uh, partner Hazard, who some people will know as Nevaeh. So there you have it. That is the entirety of the show, and they go off the air like that with Tesla basically saying, All right, come on, come get it, or whatever the case may be. But we are still kind of riding the wave of the three top ladies as the three top contenders for Tesla Blanchard. Uh, it's not going to surprise me that if they lead to their first ever four way or four corners match at the rate that they're going or something along those lines, because, uh, you know, and, and we're only two episodes in, so let, let me let me make myself clear. I, I don't, I have to verify, I don't have any inside track here. I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody. And I know this is all shot, but uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me the least if that was where they were going, just considering how this has kind of played out thus far. Uh, and it'll be interesting if they do it. And I, and I know, wow, because, yeah, the brand has been around for a long time, but in actual terms of episodes and matches, they have not done all that much. Uh, so them having things such as a three-way or a ladder match or a steel cage or an old bar or whatever the case may be, all for them it's almost all first because i don't think anybody remembers what happened you know except for a few fans remembers what happened in the first incarnation of wow when they did some of those things here is it's a whole new game it's a whole new thing and, and it's it's new again <clears throat> it's new again it's new again because you know you, you got an entirely new generation of people that's going to be watching that and seeing it for the first time so yeah they, they've you know sky's the limit for them so that that's pretty much what I got to say for that sky's limit so there we have it folks your your, your uh, opinions and your, your comments would be most welcome I'd like to hear your uh, review of the show did, did you like it? did you enjoy what they were doing? did you feel like it was too choppy in the bully buster match like I did? Uh, did you think that they did the best match that they could? would you have written a different main event? Uh, be sure to leave your comments below uh, wherever you are if you are not on YouTube however uh, you you can send them to me directly you can send uh, your your comment about the show right to mrgreen75 and hotmail.com mrgreen75 hotmail.com and if you send it in and I get the chance to kind of rifle through it I will uh, read your comment and or question on the air. Speaking of questions, as I said, the Beverly Hills Babe is on deck to uh, come on the show. And if you have a question for the babe, if you have something that you want to know about her life or her career, now is your time to ask. Now is your opportunity to ask. Leave your questions and I will ask them to her on the air. Just leave your name along with it, so you, that you get credit for it. So I can know who you are. Uh, sometimes you may have some uh, uh, code word or, or name or, or username that I that I can't really read. Every once in a while, that does happen. But if you uh, if you have questions that you want to know about Amber O'Neill, the Bullet Babe. The, Beverly Hills Bay, whichever you know her as, uh, now is the time to do it. Leave your comments below, send me an email, I will address it. I should be speaking with her within the next five days, I think, so you you don't want to sit on that. If you're listening to this now, you definitely want to jump on this, leave your questions or shoot them over to me. And that will do it, folks. uh, Again, thank you so very much to everybody that has subscribed to our YouTube channel thus far. It's growing, and I'm very proud to say that it has been growing. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, you're listening to this on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube and you just want to you know, get a hold of our content, go on there, look up Women's Pros Network, and we should pop right on up. And if you're not there yet, hit that subscribe button and click the bell. We are on the march. 10,000 subscribers, 10,000 subscribers, and I promise that at that point, we're going to start doing some selling t-shirts, that's right, folks, t-shirts, when we get that we are going to make that jump, uh, it is another way to kind of help support this channel, it is another way to help support the ladies that have associated themselves with this channel, uh, and, uh... I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think there's some other announcements that we may potentially get a chance to break in, in the near future. I, I hope so, knock on wood. And uh, if you are listening to this where you listen to your greater podcast, subscribe there too. Subscribe there, leave us a review, I go on to the, the variety of locations that we have head out to through Spotify, iTunes. Uh, Podbean, Google, uh, Google Podcast, and I think that's what they call it these days Google Podcast. Uh, I already said Podbean, but you can get through all of the fact that you go to our Podbean page, we have links to the archives, links to all of our other social media. So you have no reason not to be able to connect to us, not to be able to follow us, not to be able to like or subscribe to us, it is all there. All there for you to listen to. All there for, for you. So with that, folks, it is another episode down. And uh, what, what can I say except that uh, you know it is a high B for me. I think it's a B plus episode, if nothing else. And what did you think? Leave your grade. Leave your review. Tell me what you thought about it. And I will uh, address that as soon as possible. So until then. This is Mr. Green saying that. This is Mr. Green saying we will see you on the next go-round.